It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, it's Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast Network. I'm excited like it's 1999. You know the song. We're going to party like it's 1999. My guest today on the Ron Johnson Show had a big part in beating Penn State back in 1999. We went to Happy Valley. Also coming up this week, head coach Glenn Mason, he's going to tell me a little bit about what he was thinking during that game. I know what I was thinking. But 2022, Gophers travel back to Happy Valley. But my guest today, we're going to jump into that. And it's Vikings bye week, so we'll, we'll, we'll get you a little bit updated on them. But stay tuned for that. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show. And on today's show, like I said, I'm excited because we're going to have Billy Cockrum, former Gophers quarterback, the Gophers quarterback that in 1997 fell short. He was a part of that team. But then in, in 1999, he learned from that 1997 team. He learned what it would take to beat Penn State, knock off the number two team in the country. So I'm looking forward to having him join us on the Ron John Show. He's going to tell me, like, did he mean to throw the Hail Mary like that? Did he mean to throw it and hopefully it would get tipped? I don't know. I have no idea what happened because I was a receiver. I don't hear what the coaches tell the quarterback, but we'll have Billy Cockrum join us. He'll talk about that. Also, it's Vikings bye week, man. We got we to gotta talk a little bit, just two or three minutes, about this Vikings bye week and what is coming with Luke Inman today because Sam Ekstrom is out. So we're going to have Luke Inman join me in a minute. and. Remember, we're going to have the Daily Three, of course, with myself, Billy, and Luke's going to be leading the way today with the Daily Three. Looking forward to that. Let's see if Luke can bring the heat. But remember, you can now find Locked On Sports Minnesota on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app to get all your favorite shows. Well, as I bring my uh, producer today in, about the backup quarterback in, or not even the backup. We just made a trade. We got a trade. We got a better quarterback in here with some personality, I guess the people say. <laughs> Luke Inman, man, appreciate you joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. Got to jump out there, man. Well, I got you here early. Um, <clears throat> before we jump into the Gophers, because we got Billy coming in, so I want to lead into that. Let's start off quick with the Vikings. The Vikings are on a bye, and they're 5-1. and one. And people... I, when I said the Vikings would go 12-5 and five early in the year, people called me a homer. They said, I'm just doing it because the Vikings are paying me. True. And they're also, they didn't believe that this team early on, they were like, oh, they, the best they could do out the gate is 3-3. Three and three. I'm like, how? And I, and I went back. I got receipts. Like, I love receipts. Like, I'm a receipt guy because I can do my Twitter taxes. And now when I tax these people, I just texted a guy or uh, tweeted to a guy yesterday because he said he would trade his right arm for Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. I tweeted him today, yesterday. I was like, hey, would you still trade that right arm for, for Kyler Murray over Kirk Cousins? He's like, ha, ha, ha. Wait a minute. Let me just, let me see how this Cardinals-Vikings game goes, and then I'll let you know. No, 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 no. You were dead set on trading that right arm, buddy. 
Come on. You seen the Klondike challenge? Cut off my right eyebrow for a Klondike bar, but they are delicious. But I'm not cutting my eyebrow off. I would just go buy one. But my right arm for Kyler Murray, man, no. I'm not getting my right arm for anybody. But we're like, I love the receipts, Luke. And so now when you look at this 5 1 team, head into the bye week, coming out playing the Cardinals and the Commanders, possibly can go 7 1. They do get DeAndre Hopkins. I think they just made a trade as well for another receiver, Robbie Anderson. Cardinals are trying to load up for the Vikings. Like, they know Kyler Murray needs help. They know he doesn't look good. But, Luke, did you see this coming early in the season? Because people had them losing to the Packers, the Eagles, and then I don't know who the other ones. I thought 4-2. and two, Like, I said 5-1, 4-2. I didn't, I didn't know which teams. I thought, like, the Dolphins was going to be a tough one. And maybe people thought losing to the Dolphins, that's where the 3-3 three and three came from. But, Luke, what, what, like, were you on this 5-1 and one train or were you on that 3-3 three and three train? Ron, I'm not going to lie to you. I looked at those first four games out the gate. Packers at Philly Monday night, primetime under the bright lights. And then in London versus the Saints. I'm thinking two and two, best case scenario. One and three, like a, a realistic, legitimate, possible scenario to open the season. Five and one, nobody saw that coming. Let's be honest. I think what I'm most surprised about with this team winning is the coaching more than the players. Because think about it. Last two years under Zim, they struggle. This year, new regime comes in. Really, they roll with the, pretty much the same roster, right? Outside, Jordan mm -hmm. Hicks for Anthony Barr, Pierce for Harrison Phillips. You had Zadarius Smith, but it's basically the same exact team and roster. What's the big difference? Coaching. I just continued to be amazed at, at how much of an impact coaching has in the NFL. And it's not just the Vikes either. Like, look at what the New York Giants are doing with new rookie coach Brian Dable. Five and one, are you kidding me? With a hobble Daniel Jones and Wandell Robinson, Daniel Bellinger, two rookies as your starting wide receiver one and tight end one. Coaching matters so much in this league. And the Vikes cleaned house. They brought in KOC, Donatel, Matt Daniels, special teams is thriving. And they've all been just vital. And uh, into the, you know, the turnaround and the success helping turn those close losses that Zim had those last two years into close wins while they hopefully just continue to get better and better as uh, they continue to move on in all three phases during this bye week. So um, it's been crazy to see, but nobody saw five and one coming, Ron. Let's be honest. I did. <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> I saw it. Like, I, I didn't see it that way. Honestly, I, I can't remember what team I had them losing to, but I know it was the Eagles. Yeah, I think that was it. I think I had them beating the Packers because I had them losing to the Packers in, in Green Bay. I think I'll, and, I, and mm -hmm. let's be honest, every year when I do the predictions for the Vikings.com, I always do that. Like, I always have them beat the Packers at home and then lose to the Packers on the road. It's just what I do. Like, I, I, it's, I have a 50 50 chance of being right. So, and I've, be, I've been getting it right every year. Like the one year they beat them at home, they killed them, and then they lost to them and when it was freezing cold uh, with the playing deal. I think that year they lost, or that might have been the Jordan Love year. Can't remember. Um, but I, I, I've gotten that right, so I just stick with it. Like, and, and we, got a, we got a nice great ad from Bet Online coming up, so remember that. When you think about betting people, bet on the Vikings at home against the Packers, bet on the Packers on, at home against the Vikings. Like, mm -hmm. it's been right. You can win some money just if you win. Shoot my boy, shoot your boy a dollar. Like I just need a dollar from that because it's gonna happen. But when you think about, when you think about that, I had them wait, beating the Packers at home. I had them losing to Philly. I actually did not like the Saints. Like I, I, I thought even with Jameis Winston, like I didn't like the Saints. Like I just felt like there's something missing with the Saints versus the Vikings every year. Like I don't know, and it has nothing to do with Zim. Like I just feel like the the, the matchup 
with Zadarius Smith, Daniel Hunter. Now you add Zadarius. You got the way the DJ Wanham was playing and the way the Saints like to hold the ball. Like they get so tricky sometimes. And then Alvin Kamara, you know, he's never, he hasn't been right since he punched the dude at the Pro Bowl. So I don't know if they've been holding him out because of that or if he's, you know, if he's really actually hurt. Like it's just, it's been weird. He's been on the Michael Thomas type of thing. Like, you know, what's going on? Because Michael Thomas last year, everybody was saying, like, what's going on? Like, why isn't he playing? Is he hurt? Does he want more money? Like, what's going on? And then when you go down that road, like Miami did seem tough after they started. But then they, I mean, uh, uh, prayers for Tua, but they they are who we thought they were. You know, like, it, it's going to come, they're going to come back to earth. I think the Giants are for real. Uh, I think the Eagles are definitely for real. Uh, the Cowboys are good. But the Vikings are right there. They're, and people are saying they're not winning pretty. Hey, they're winning ugly, and they still haven't put out their best ball yet. So, that's that's scary. The fact they could be five and one and people aren't happy with the five and one, that means there's room to grow. But we got Billy Cockrum joining us in the Hangover Ron Johnson segment coming up next. But before we do that, we're gonna talk a little bit real quick, Luke. Gophers, they are struggling. Two game losing streak right now. PJ Flex said it doesn't matter. This is the one and one or zero and zero uh Penn State championship season. But this is the one thing, Luke, and and I and I loved PJ yesterday. Like, I don't know if it was me taking my shirt off to start the show or what it was, but PJ was loose because, because normally when we ask him questions, he sticks to his PJ Fleckisms, but he was loose. He got really loose with the question when we said about playing a night game. Because I said, I know what it felt like going into Penn State, Happy Valley, 97,000 kids screaming for, a, uh, I think it was homecoming too, and it was a, a, a number two in the country. Like, they were going to the championship. They were going to the, the well, they didn't have one back then, but they were good. They were buying, buying for the championship. If they went undefeated that year, they are, you know, NCAA champions because we didn't have a quote unquote championship. They just had to win the Rose Bowl in 1999 for you young kids who don't remember that. But what I liked about PJ is he's like, yeah, you know what? My players, you know, it's, it's, it's a championship season every game. We don't, we don't think about the last game. We don't think about the next game. True coach. Good. But what about this night game? White out kids wearing white. Are the kids, are the players like a little bit juiced because they know they're going to be on ABC, they're excited, blah, blah. And you could see he wanted to say it because he said, well, you know, I kind of just want to say, man, they should be happy for every game. But he was like, you know what? There's a little bit more juice. There's some juice going on right now. Like these kids know what they're walking into. Uh, you know, he simulates that stuff. He has, you know, swinging towels in the, in the indoor. He got people dressed in white, you know, coming in, support staff, screaming at the players. They got music blaring, like it's Penn State. Like, I love the fact that he, like, humanized the moment, saying, you know what, this is a huge moment for these players. Yes, I want them to take every game this series, but, yeah, there's a little bit more juice when you're going into Penn State at 6.30 p.m. You know everybody's watching. College game day. I mean, all the bells and whistles, you're getting it. And so this is where I want to see. And we don't know if Tanner Morgan is going to play. Um, that's going to be tough. But that's what I'm going to say to you, Luke. If Tanner Morgan doesn't play, he's out. What happens to a kid like Ethan Caliamantis or Cole Kramer, Eden Prairie Zone, playing at Penn State, 100 and, uh, whatever, 107, 108,000 kids screaming in all white, swinging towels and pom-poms. Do you think those two young kids that have not played much can handle that atmosphere, Luke? Holy smokes, man. I can't imagine. I think back to when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. I can't imagine being a young kid. I mean, you were in that whole world, college football, under the bright lights, Ron. So maybe you got a, a good taste of what that's like. But I can't imagine going into Happy Valley like that. 100,000 screaming whiteout fans going on on ABC. It's going to be electric. And yeah, the pressure is going to be turned up for sure. There's going to be butterflies. But knowing that P.J. Fleck 
is calming these guys down and knowing they have a running game like Mo Ibrahim to kind of take some pressure off their shoulders, that's going to be the big key. You know they've struggled with injuries, whether it's Tanner Morgan this week, a Chris Ottman Bell, a wide receiver one out for the year. Mo Ibrahim obviously was sat during that Purdue game. That was a big surprise. They've struggled with some of these big injuries, but uh, a lot of pressure for sure. But having that running game and good defense, that's the foundation of this team to rely on and take some pressure off. That would be the key to the game if I'm P.J. Fleck and I got to put in a young quarterback like that in such a hostile situation. Well, we're going to talk to a quarterback who went into a hostile situation who was not young. He was old. He looked old. That's my guy, though. <laughs> Billy Cockrum. I was happy he threw me the ball because he was a running quarterback, so you never know what Billy's going to do. Uh, <laughs> but, people, make sure you – Remember, Locked On Sports Minnesota gives you endless Vikings talk with local experts. Get your daily 30-minute dose of sports with Care 11 Sports anchor Reggie Wilson and going back and forth with his co-host, you get to see him now, Luke Inman. It's fast, it's fun, it's superior sports talk. Your daily Minnesota sports show. And Luke, the bets are out. I'm excited because the NFL, the Vikings aren't playing. So now fans can bet and not like bite their fingernails. My fingernails are actually growing that the Vikings are 5-1 and one now. So Luke, what's bet online got for us? Well, the Vikes now are 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, Ron, after that 5 and 1 start, two game lead on the Green Bay Packers in the division. Make sure to keep tabs all season long and check those odds out and more with Bet Online. BetOnline.net, fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Stats, news, info, you want it, they got it. NFL, MLB, NBA, even MMA and UFC. Bet Online makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to betonline.net today to learn more. That's betonline.net. It's where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Well, folks, it's 1999 again. This is the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm hanging out today with Billy Cockrum, starting quarterback for the Gophers. Back in 1999, we traveled to Apple Valley, and we beat Penn State. They were number two in the country. Billy, I want to thank you for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show, man. Just remembering these moments, man, and, and there was little pieces here and there, like guys you know, going over the plays all week in practice. Glenn talking about LeVar Arrington and, and having to kick the ball over his head with Darren Nice. I wish I had 24 days this week to do – all Penn State Gophers memories because you got Dan Nystrom with the kick. You got Ryan Rendles with the hold. You, you got LeVar Arrington. You got Spice Adams who joined me last week. You got Jimmy Kennedy. I mean, Penn State had the – I mean, they had names and names, Courtney Brown. And you got Thomas Hamner, Ron Johnson, Billy Cockrum, Ben Hamilton, Luke Leverson. We walk into there and Tyrone Carter, of course, Karan Riley. I mean, could have got Karan on. But we walk into Penn State, man, and nobody gave us a chance. But in 1997, you were on the team when you guys had them. Like, I think Thomas Hamner fumbled the ball. When you were there in 1997, or when you talked about that with Mason, what was that like? Like, almost beating them, and then T. Ham fumbles the ball. You know, right. It's, it's interesting you bring that up. I was thinking about that, um, you know, last night and this morning. Um, 
you know, getting ready for that game, uh, Mace. And I think that was Mace's um, second year. Yep. And he was really emphasizing, you know, being physical, running the football uh, and playing good defense. And, you know, in that game, and he really emphasized for that Penn State game, he really talked about the environment. Right. And it was just like, go out there and just play, you know, go out there, make plays, enjoy the atmosphere and play hard. And that's what we did. And I mean, if it wasn't for a controversial call, a pass interference call, and like you said, a, a, a turnover at a key time, uh, we would have won that game. We also had a dropped uh, touchdown in the first half. And so, I mean, we were, you know, we were playing with them. And I think going back there in 99, you know, we remembered that experience. And again, it was that same thing. It was, it's, you know, it's uh, at Penn State, it's Happy Valley. Uh, at the time, it's Joe Paul. And, um, and I mean, that day was, you know, beautiful weather. You know, the field conditions are immaculate and it was just a great place to play. And, and when you think about you and T Ham, uh, just the, the interaction, the handoffs over and over again. LeVar Arrington, you checking out of some plays to hitches in key moments because now, you know, coaches do the check with me. You know, the quarterback for the Gophers, he looks over at his coach. He gives him a play. He goes back. He changes you at the line of scrimmage. That was on you. Like, if you saw a cornerback off, you saw eight guys in a box, you could tap your butt to give me the fade. And I can't remember what the hitch was. I don't know if it was a pull at the face mask or whatever or vice versa. But you, I think or tap the butt was the hitch. I, I can't remember. But – we yeah. had we had a check or you or may, no it was the one you would just say something and you put down the one finger below the center's butt yeah. which I'm like DBs had yep. to be like wait did he just give him a one like that's a hitch like did he just give him a two <laughs> that's a slant like we were so yeah. archaic with our checks but <laughs> they worked and I do remember because I I have the highlight I do remember you checking because you could see the ABC sideline Cam is actually on our sideline because we're the visitors so they want to they want to showcase the home team in Penn State. Uh, but it's on our sideline and you can see you check. You can see me kind of look and then you throw the hitch. I think I, I can't remember the cornerback, uh, but I beat him again later. Spices homeboy, but I end up breaking the tackle. And then that's when I think we kind of figured out, you know what? We can, we can go at these DBs because then a couple plays later, you throw a deep ball into double coverage. Like when you threw that ball into double coverage, I still got a picture of it. Did you have any idea that it was going to be caught? Or were you just like, man, I'm just getting rid of this because I don't want to get hit by LeVar Arrington? No. Um, you know, I had, you know, full confidence in you uh, to go up and get it. Uh, you know, I believe in giving my receivers opportunities to make plays. And, you know, that was developed probably when you first got to the program. You know, I remember you in the, in the summer camp making plays, going to get a big physical guy. And, and we did that a couple times uh, earlier in the season. And so um, uh, it was really a no-brainer for me. Uh, it's giving you an opportunity to make plays. And, and I would like to see more of that, and I know we'll get into it later, but with mm-hmm. uh, the Gophers today, you know, take yeah. some shots down the field. Give your guys opportunities to make plays. And so, uh, yeah, it was no doubt in my mind. If I got one-on-ones, if the safety, the safety <laughs> might, might, he might get over, but he might not. And we made him pay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, got, I, I don't have the official picture, uh, but I got to get that frame to put in my office at some point because it's, it's a picture of two DBs pulling me down, and I got the ball. Um, and I, I just remember that moment. Like, you know, being I was 19 years old, you know, sophomore, 
Uh, Luke Leverson was the guy on the team, but making that play, man, it was kind of like, man, like, okay, like we can do this. And so you brought up a great point because PJ Flex said this to me yesterday on the PJ Flex show. Um, he said pl- receivers have to make plays. I mean, if you look at a couple plays against Purdue, you look at a couple plays against Illinois, and Illinois for sure, he said this, and I, I know exactly what he's talking about. Michael Brown Stevens, and PJ's never going to throw a guy under the bus. He just said receivers need to make a play. And I kind of said, Coach, I agree with you. I know exactly what you're talking about. And then I talked about those plays because I know that's not what PJ's going to do because you shouldn't have to as a coach. You shouldn't, you know, you should never have to talk about your players like that. But he's challenging them. And he said in the practice this week, the Gophers players have been challenging. I hope he's showing, you know, old highlights of the Penn State game we played him. I know he's showing his own highlights from Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson beating Penn State. But, you know, we went up and got it at Penn State. They haven't beat Penn State at Penn State yet. That's even tougher. Um, But, Billy, you're right, because Michael Brown Stevens, there was a, a high-pointed ball. He should have jumped up and got it. He waited for it like a basket, expecting to take a hit from a safety. But he got, he has to understand, if you jump up in the air and go get it, you're not going to take a big shot. Like, they, they're going to hit you in the hips. Like, they're, they're not going to hit you in the right. chest or in the face. And so I, I think a young receiver like that is going to under – because Chris Altman Bell would have done it. Chris Altman Bell would attack that ball, went after it. That's where Tanner Morgan's so used to. He's done that twice now, uh, three times actually with Michael Brown Stevens, and both times he's tried to basket catch it. And DBs are – they're too good nowadays. They know how to play the ball. They know what they can get away with now. They got Instagram and social media to watch other DBs do it and see what the refs aren't calling. Uh, so these kids are really savvy now where when we had to watch film, we had to grab a VHS tape, put it in a VCR, <laughs> yeah. go watch it, which, I mean, we had to be at the facility to do it or take the, v, you know, the, 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 the VHS home. Eventually, I think by 2000, we started getting DVDs, maybe or even 1999, DVDs came out. But still, it was a process because if you didn't have a PlayStation, you couldn't play a DVD because we weren't buying DVD <laughs> players. We were using video games. So that's stuff right. kids don't even know about, yeah. man. Just, but when you, when you look at this program, Billy, you were there for homecoming. And definitely not the outcome we thought it should be for some of these games, the last two for sure. Uh, but what do you see in this program that you're excited about? Um, I like that. The, I like the fact that uh, the players have bought in uh, to the culture. You know, uh, you see a lot of, you know, you, you don't, you see a lot of camaraderie, a lot of unity. And, you know, when you got guys that are bought in that, you know, bought into the vision and, and are working towards that common goal, you know, and they play hard. Um, you yeah. know, there's opportunity uh, for success. And and then to go back now, so let's go back to Penn State again. We're walking in the Happy Valley. Game's going. Uh, big moments coming up. Glenn Mason decides, and I don't know if you remember this. The only reason I remember it because it was it's still on cam. Uh, Glenn Mason decides to run a trick play, like a double reverse pass. And LeVar Arrington was having none of that. Like, he chased me 27 yards back. I don't think they should have let the play continue. Uh, but when we lost 27 yards, did you kind of think, like, oh, crap, here we go again. This is one of those moments, like, 1997. We just kind of handed this game back over to Penn State. Um, you know, I, I knew our defense. Uh, I mean, our defense was really good that year. Um, and we knew with their personnel, uh, at times, there were going to be negative plays. Mm-hmm. But we also coming into that game knew that hey we're going to run the football we're going to have because of their aggression we're going to have opportunities uh, to capitalize and make big plays, and that's what we we're able to do. So you know when we lost plays at that point, I mean it's just a it's a play we got to keep going. So you just forget right. about that and get to the next play and 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 execute. Yeah, 
And last one, man. We, we got to pay the T's off. The people want to know. Hail Mary. Glenn Mason called two Hail Marys from like our 20. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to talk to Glenn yeah. tomorrow about that. Uh, but he told me, and I'm not going to spoil what he said. You have to find out tomorrow. But he told me later what he had told the coaches, the offensive coordinator uh, and, and Peterson. But Hail Mary from the 20 and then from like the 50, <laughs> you had to just throw yeah. two random Hail Marys. Um, so Penn State was definitely surprised because who's, who's thinking Hail Mary from the 20? Um, but when you had those two calls, were you questioning or are you like, you know what, screw it. Let's just throw it up deep and see what happens. You know, all my mind on at that point was my mind was on was execution. Um, and, you know, looking back, uh, especially the first one, that's a great call because you would think about it, right? As a D coordinator, like you said, you're backed up. They're probably going to try to get some completions and, you know, hurry up. Just a normal right. two-minute drill. And so when we ran that play, which is this four verticals, uh, I'll never forget. I think it was Derek Fox was the name, number four. I mean, it was yep, so yep. soft. I couldn't believe how – I mean, you were open. <laughs> you know, they were way back. <laughs> so it's like they were just dropping back. We'll let them complete some balls underneath, and we'll, we'll rally to the ball and tackle them and run clock. And they were so deep that, I mean, you were open. And so we'll <laughs> throw it to you. You know, we get the completion. Now that second one, I'll never forget it because if we didn't let, listen, LeVar, I heard LeVar to talk about this in the past. He was like, hey, just throw it up and they get lucky, and, which obviously <laughs> it was, you know, I mean, a tip ball. But here's what I saw. First, A.B. or Arlen Bruce, he was open on the bench route. Yep. But at the same time, they played it the exact same way as the first one. And you, and you were just as open now. It yeah. probably would have been a little easier had I taken some air off the ball and maybe put it more on a rope, and it, it just would have been a completion. Yep. But the fact is, you still got the hand on the ball. You know, you right. almost had it, just like the first play, and then AB's right there. It was pass interference, uh, too. It was pass interference. Yeah. Dude was grabbing my arms. Like, I watched the video back and forth. He's pulling yeah. my arms back. That's why I couldn't even – like, I, had, I looked like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Like, I was just yeah. like, trying to tip the ball. And so, yeah, no, that was a huge play. But, yeah, what, what else did you see from there? And all I thought, and I remember telling, I remember telling Tony Peterson coming off the sideline or, or afterwards, somebody was like, hey, A.B. was open. <laughs> you know, but I saw, but I saw Ron just like the first play. And, uh, and I know LeVar talked about, you know, again, lucky bounce and all that. But if you watch that game, we had a couple drops and I missed a throw in the first half after a big run in the end zone uh, to Arlen. And I mean, we, you know, we we're able to keep the chains moving, get first downs and stay on the field. You know, we didn't turn the ball over. And so yeah. you don't get to that point and the opportunities to make those plays if we hadn't played the way we did uh, throughout the game. Yeah, and there was some huge plays, man. Like we ran the over routes and we had the wheel, the running back wheel route, the T-hand wide open. Yeah. He kind of scored right yep. over the spot where he fumbled the ball previously. So that was redemption for him. Uh, like you said, we had yeah. the, 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 the next Hail Mary, uh, which I thought back on it too. I'm like, man, if you had zinged it and he hadn't grabbed my arms either or, like I catch that, it's even a bigger moment. But I think, you know what, man, like that was – because God – I'm never going to put God in the sports because God does not care who wins these games. Like everybody's praying. He's sitting up there like, man, right. this is glory for me because win or lose, they're going to give me glory. And, and this is – and we're right. doing it for him. We're doing the best we can. But I'm not going to put that in there. Uh, what I'm going to say is, man, it was supposed to happen the way it was supposed to happen so that history could be made 
because if you watch too, when I tip the ball, when my head goes back, I am like, because it's fourth down, I'm laying back like done. Like I, I'm kind of like, I don't know mm-hmm. if I was going to, I don't know what I was going to do. I don't know if I was going to cry. I, like I just, when I fall back and he's pulling me and I don't have the ball, my body hits the ground cold. Like I don't move. And then I kind of roll over and look and everybody's running around. And I'm like, what the heck just happened? And I jump up quick. I jump on Arlen Bruce. Like, and I'm, well, people can't see because people are like, dude, were you yeah, pumping right. him? Yeah. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm holding him like, dude, did you just catch this? Did you just catch this? Like, I, I had no yep. idea because I could not see the play. I couldn't see it. But I did hear their crowd kind of quiet. And I'm like, wait a minute, what happened? And then, because I expected like crowd cheering, yelling, Penn State people running around, excited they beat us again. And then all of a sudden I see you running up, like yelling clock, 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 clock. And I'm like, wait, yeah. what? I'm like, did we just, and if you could look, you could see me the whole time, like looking back and forth at you by the clock, but I'm looking at the coaches. I'm like, what just happened? Cause I could not see it. I was, I was just as shocked as everybody at home. And so we line up, you clock it and my hands go on my head and I'm like, what, di- what was that? Like, what just happened? Like, yeah. I, I thought that we dropped the ball because Hail Mary's never work to be honest. I mean, every time I see a team throw Hail Mary, it rarely works. I mean, Appalachian State got one this year. We know Cordell Stewart did one in Colorado. And that's why I love that play because every time the Big Ten Network shows it, which I'm guessing they're going to show it a ton this week, um, every time they show it, it takes people back to like big moments in college sports because, not because of us. Like, that's the one thing people don't realize. It was because of Penn State. Like, they lost. They were number two Mm -hmm. in the country and they lost. And then we became ranked at that point. I think we got all the way up to like 12th that year and you know, we went, we, we, you know, we thought we were going to go to the Rose Bowl, but then we, of course, we lose to like an Indiana or something. It always happens to us that way. We ain't three, though. Like, that's what people don't remember. We, we only lost three games yeah. that year. Like, you give us a 12th game, yeah. which is a, another preseason type game, we go nine and three. Like, it's probably one of the better seasons we have. Probably a different bowl game. We go 10 and three. And it's one of those historic Glenn Mason seasons. So that's why I never take that for granted when people try to say that. I'm like, we were eight and three, man. We only lost three games. Like three hard yeah. games too, and we some of the games we shouldn't have lost. We could have been undefeated, but we're gonna jump yeah. into the daily three now. We got Billy Cockrum here, Ron Johnson, Luke Inman is going to lead the way today for that. But make sure you check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube, following every Twins, Vikings, Wild, or Wolves game. Our Locked On team hosts are broadcasting live with Team Minds insiders. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube. Well, it's time for that show. Luke's going to jump in and take it away. Take it away, Luke. Man, I could listen to you two talk ball and X's and O's all day long. So let's keep it going. Three questions, three minutes each. Sticking with some college football and Gophers talkers. First one up, crazy to think Tanner Morgan started playing quarterback for the Gophers all the way back in 2018. Now he's entering his final six games of his collegiate career. What do you think Gophers fans will miss the most about Morgan as their quarterback once he's gone? Ron, you can go first. What fans will miss the most about Tanner Morgan? Um, it's a, it's a song that was in my head when you start even reading a question. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Like, I feel like that's what's going to be. Like, people don't know what they have in Tanner Morgan because he's not the fastest. He's not a Billy Cockrum or a Ricky Foggy. He's not even a, a Cole Kramer. Like, he's a Tanner Morgan. He's not a fast kid. He's not going to outrun anybody. So he doesn't give you the flashy plays when he scrambles. Um, like the play he got hurt on. If he's a little bit faster, that's a – that like, Bill. I've seen Billy take that to the house. Like, there was nobody in front of him. That was a linebacker that caught him from the from behind. I remember seeing Billy do that in a couple 
couple games where he got loose on the outside. It was like a, a fake handoff. And then he had the long, like Peyton Manning fake. And then Billy's going down the sideline. Like Billy, Billy breaks that. And so you're not going to know what you got till it's gone. Why? Because Tanner Morgan, now granted, he had two of the best receivers in college football and Tyler Johnson or Rashad Bateman had a great year. But he is very accurate. He's smart. And he understands his offense. Uh, he does take chances. And these receivers this year aren't giving him a chance. Last year I saw him in person in Indiana. Him and Chris Altman Bell went nuts. And so I think that's what people are going to miss. They're going to miss the consistency and the good quarterback player, Tanner Morgan. I love it. Billy? Yeah, um, you know, I agree with Ron. I think they're going to miss – what's going to be missed is his leadership, you know, his obviously his commitment and his consistency. Um, you know, like Ron said, I mean, you know what you know what you're going to uh, – what you're going to get from him. And I think that will be – um, something that'll be, you know, missed. Uh, you don't, like you said, you don't realize what you have until it's gone. And, and uh, you know, Tanner's been there a while. And, uh, yeah, I think it's leadership most of all, though. Those guys really, you know, you can see they really follow him and rally around. And his poise. You know, there's a lot of things happen in the game. And, you know, he stays pretty even keel. And I think, and I think that, you know, players feed off that. They don't get too high with the high and too low with the low. They just keep playing. And just like Ron mentioned in that play, like when we lost, you know, I don't know how many yards we lost on that play, Ron, with the, with the reverse. <laughs> but, again, when you have that poise and you're focused on the game, but, you know, okay, it's just a play. And now let's get to the next one and let's keep going. So I think that's I know how many we lost because it's, it's on my stats. <laughs> it. I ran for, like, negative 22 or some yards but they had like 100 yeah. something yards on four catches and touchdowns so i, I tell people right. don't look at the runs don't because every time i go on different shows yeah. people always bring that up like hey you had negative 27 yards against penn state rushing what happened like yeah. hey move on move on let's go to the hail mary yeah. all right next one up i don't know if you guys caught it but maybe the potential game of the year went down last week when tennessee yeah. took down alabama in knoxville pandemonium out on the field and by the end, fans ripped down that goalpost, took it out of the stadium after beating Alabama. Pure chaos. So my question is, what's the wildest celebration you guys have ever seen on a football field? Billy, let's start with you first. I can't remember. I can't remember what year it was, but it was at the Metrodome. I was watching. You know, I was watching. It was goal. It was. It was uh, the Iowa game, mm. and and we lost that game. And the wild, I couldn't believe this happened. I couldn't even believe we allowed this to happen. But the Iowa students took the goalpost up out of the Metrodome. I'd oh, never wow. seen anything like that before. The visiting team's fans take down the home stadium goalpost. So I would have to say that was the wildest one I've ever seen. Yeah, and if I, do, if and I remember correctly, I, my dad was a college coach. Yeah, because I wasn't there for that, oh, but yeah. I remember Glenn Mason brought that up to us like as a motivation because we ended up beating. I mean, if you remember, we ended up beating them after that, like the next three out of the four years. Like the next three years I was there, 98, 99, 2000, we beat them. But I remember my freshman year, Mason told us about that one. And, and uh, the funny part about that, how stupid Iowa fans are, they couldn't get the goalposts out at first because of the turnstile. Because like when you get to the top of the Metrodome, <laughs> It was a turnstile, so it wasn't like an open, like, college stadium. It was a pro stadium for security reasons. And then, yeah, because people were trying to figure out. They still don't know to this day how they eventually got it out, but they did get it out. But, yeah, they, the first thing they did was, like, go to the gate with all the people walking through the turnstile. And I, I don't know if I saw a video of it, but I'm like, yeah, these people are idiots. Like, you can't take a goalpost through a spinny turnstile. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, so I do remember that. 
I, but for I don't my, get what they do afterwards because it's like so wait, Tennessee got a spare goalpost sitting in right. the, the locker room. What do they got to do? Order one from Amazon, two days, ship it back over to the Metrodome? I don't get it. It's like we wait for the alcohol to wear off. Like once the, as you're walking yeah. with it and the alcohol wears off, it's like who's going to give up first? And so eventually, like after 15 steps, one guy, right, I'm done. Next guy. And then eventually it's down to like four yeah. or five people. And they're like, all right, together. Like, let's set this down. Because what you don't want to do is drop it. And then you all that one person, because then that becomes right. another news story. Dude gets like yeah. stuck under goalposts. Police have to come, you know, get him. But Tennessee fans took it all the way to the lake. Like they took it to the lake and mm -hmm. threw it in the wow. lake. Right. I'm like, I watched that on ESPN the whole time. And they, it was like a, it was like the goalpost uh, tracker. Like it was like they were following them with the, with the helicopter, with the light. And they're watching and check, let's check back in on Tennessee fans. And then eventually they finally made it to the lake and they threw it in the lake, which I think is not that far from the stadium, but they threw it in the lake. I'm like, you just polluted the lake now with the goalposts. Like, come on. Like, and so the AD, the funniest video too is their AD saying they were, or their president, like somebody in the stadium, of course, TikTok videotaped them and they said, Hey, what do you think about that? And he's like, I don't care. It's gonna cost a lot of money, but I'm happy. Uh, but mine, real quick, I'll say my yeah. biggest one was actually Penn State because it was ridiculously wild and if you watch the video over there's so many different groups of celebrations going on it was chaos like you see mason yeah, carrying alex haas like our tight end is getting carried by our coach our coach no our coach is getting carried by our tight end which we were like dude why'd you pick up mason like why and why are you running with him by yourself like it's just you and him hugging like that was weird and then you see like tell us land on the ground with delvin jones i'm like pointing at jay paterno and i'm probably saying something to spice like that's why i didn't come to penn state because they were the last school to recruit me and i picked minnesota over penn state and they told me i regret it like jay paterno told me like hey you're gonna regret that you're gonna you know good luck in minnesota but you're gonna regret that and that's why i was so happy we beat them back to back in 99 and 2000 because i'm like yeah I, I don't regret that i just i just gave you 144 yards and so i'm good i'm good i've had some good games against you but yeah no and, and then you look at other people i mean it's people running all over the place so that was that was chaotic within itself just on the field with us like their fans didn't even have to come on the field right Two great ones. Tough to top that. All right, last one here, guys, staying in the college football realm. Of the nine undefeated teams left in college football, who has the best chance to win the title? Here's the nine undefeated teams remaining. Number 14, Syracuse. They just beat NC State 24-9. Number nine, UCLA with Chip Kelly. Number eight, TCU. They're the last undefeated team in the Big 12. Number seven, Old Miss. Number five, Michigan. Four, Clemson, number three, Tennessee, after that big win against Alabama, and number two, Ohio State, number one, Georgia Bulldogs. Who's the last team standing when this is all said and done? Ron, start with you. I'm going with Georgia. Like, come on. Like, they're still they, – they have it. They have what it is, and they have it. Now, here's the key, though. They might lose to one of these teams in the SEC championship because that's what the SEC does to each other, but – if Georgia remains number one up into the SEC championship, it does not matter. If they lose, like I always have that conversation with the committee, like, friend, I know you want Georgia in there now. Like, I get it, friend. No, no, no. If they get blown out, you can't put them at four, friend. You have to, you have to move somebody else in there. Like, you can't just keep them in there because you want them in the playoff. But they want Georgia in the playoff. So I don't care what happens to Georgia in the SEC championship. Uh, Georgia's going to be in a playoff. And then, you know, when you give Georgia a chance – they are going to find a way to win it because they've done it year in and year out. Whenever they get a chance, they find a way to win it. Um, Alabama, Tennessee just showed them who, who they are. Tennessee is a really good striking offense, but I also think they give up way too many points. Uh, and so I think Georgia, I'm going defense. Ohio State to me, 
I want to see them play Michigan. I just don't have faith in them just yet, but those two have to clash. So, I, you know, if they can go to the Big Ten Championship undefeated, who knows? We might get two Big Ten Championship, Big, T, Big Ten teams in the playoff this year. So we'll see. But I'm going with yeah, Georgia. Yeah, they've had then, some close yeah. calls here, Kent State and Missouri, and now they got Florida coming out of their bye. So they got a tough schedule coming up. We're going to find out real quick. Billy, who do you think is the last team standing here when this is all said and done? You know, I thought about Georgia and Tennessee, but then I started looking at their schedule, and they do, they got to play each other. And then Georgia has three ranked teams left uh, Kentucky and Mississippi State and Tennessee. Um, and a lot of, you know, to me, it depends on what their quarterback, Stetson Benson, what he does, what his quarterback play looks like the rest of the year. Um, so I was going to go with Ohio State. When I look at them, I mean, you got Iowa and Michigan at home. Um, you're on the road at Penn State. I think they got a little too much offense for Penn State, even though they, it has been a tough place to play for them uh, in the past. Um, so I would look at, I would consider Ohio State. Mm -hmm. That's a, What about Lou? you, Luke? Last one for the money. I'm going to go chalk. I'm going to go Georgia. But again, they it, Billy's right. You're both right. They got a tough schedule coming up here out of the bye. And again, they, they, they were down to the wire against teams like Kent State and Missouri. So uh, big test here, litmus test coming up here soon for Georgia. I'm going to go chalk, though. I love that. This is what I will say, though. I love to see Syracuse do it just because mm -hmm. I'm so sick of the blue blood. Like, I'm so sick of the same teams mm -hmm. in this yeah. playoff every year just to get Syracuse to, to – but they're not going to do it. We know that. They're not going to – they could go undefeated, and they're still going to end up at five. Like, they're going to be like Cincinnati before Cincinnati right. finally got in and right. got their back beat in. Um, but that's, that's what we're going to see. We're not going to see them change it up much because that's, that's what they do. They don't, they don't want to give us what we want, something different. But I want to thank Billy Cochran for joining me on the Ron Johnson. I want to thank Luke Inman for coming in, pitch hitting for the concussed Sam Ekstrom because Sam Ekstrom faked an injury, and so he wanted to get out of this. But no, <laughs> Sam took a day off. So we had Luke Inman joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. I want to thank you for that. And remember, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you get endless Vikings talk with local experts. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast, and find our videos on Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. And remember, the Amazon Fire and Roku devices can give you the Locked On Sports Minnesota app. Like, comment, share. Let us know what you think. Is Billy Cochran right? Is Tanner Morgan one of the best quarterbacks? Let us know. We'd like to see. Have a great day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.